0: well hello hello everyone uh (laughs) (laughs) oh god damn it yeah Yeah, okay we're keeping it he's like well hello hello? yeah i know i i got the well hello part and then i really ran into a wall so (laughs) good sign of things to come for this episode i am joined by michael moore cosplaying as Corey stillman (laughs) um that is Would you like to respond to that?
1: Yeah, because this is already the second time tonight. Dane and Samir haven't heard this. this. is already the second time tonight. Sam has said that to me, which really like I would find that offensive. I I want our listeners to know, by the way, that I am I'm a fairly skinny individual. Like I don't I'm not proud of my body by any means, but I I don't think I look a whole lot like Michael Moore. More importantly, I believe that the citizens of Texas do deserve to be vaccinated, despite what Michael Moore wow. has to say. So.
0: Corey always becoming the uh taking the moral high ground <laughs> on our show. We've known this for years, so that was Corey. And then I'm also joined by the lovely Dane Holtz and the lovely Samir Yellow Uh, hello everyone. It's been a while. I've missed you guys a lot.
2: Hello. Uh, Sam.
0: Really excited to talk about um everyone's seventh favorite award show tonight, which was the Golden Globes. Um, there was only about 7 people that also watched this award show. If you guys didn't know, they dropped 12 million people in viewership year over year. So, Ooh. not a great yeah, not a great sign uh for award shows. And it could be because they gave the awards to a bunch of shitty movies as we're going to talk about tonight. Um some better than others, but Three movies in particular were very surprising for different reasons at the awards. Um, those three movies are I Care A Lot, uh, where Rosamund Pike won Best Actress in a Drama. In no, musical a comedy. or Comedy. Did they Which even that, even that A Lot of Comedy? About. Yeah.
2: Oh my god, okay, well we'll talk about okay, that. Okay, yeah, I, I have a lot to say about that.
0: Yeah, okay, and then we'll also talk about Andre Day in the highly rememberable... Uh, Billie Holiday, you know, uh, United States versus billy billy Holiday, billy Holiday. Wow, words are going coming off of my tongue so well right Honestly, now. Honestly, that if
1: if that was a word used in the script for United States versus, versus billy Holiday, I probably wouldn't have an eye, because that that's the kind of the level we were working with there.
0: <laughs> a nice little foreshadowing for our discussion on that great movie, and then third, albeit probably the least surprising, but Nomadland winning best uh, picture for a drama. Um, I think we can all agree that it's probably the strongest of the three, but still somewhat surprising um, in itself. So, those are the three movies we're going to talk about, starting with the movie that won Rosamund Pike her best actress for a comedy. And we're going to emphasize the term comedy because evidently Golden Globes considered it funny, uh, which is. I care a lot. This is directed by Jay uh Blakeson. Um also wrote the screenplay released on Netflix. This is actually the number one movie on Netflix right now, so we're very topical.
1: And will talk um, I fucking despise this movie. This movie represents <laughs> everything that I think is wrong with with f- filmmaking today. It represents everything I think is wrong with Netflix and and like our, you know, to sound like the classic cinematic boomer that I am. Like this, this content age I care a lot is is so problematic and so awful in so many ways, and I wanted I want to touch oh, wow. on some of them, but he
0: bell uh, out the p word. <laughs>
1: but I, I think that's why the the uh, the Uncut Gems comparison is interesting because I think what people want to pretend this movie is is what Uncut Gems actually is, which is like this like um, critique of capitalism and, and like and those who. Yeah, and like and like those who are involved with it on a more local level, um, mm-hmm. like. But the, the difference is, I mean, like you know, we can get in. You know, you mentioned why Uncut Gems is a really strong script. I think one of the my favorite aspects of Uncut Gems is its um, light framing story with the uh, like the African mine. I think that's uh, just like you know we don't we don't have to get into that movie because that's not the one we're talking about. But you know that's just one example. <laughs> of how I that know movie... you two
0: would anyway. <laughs> so I want no, That's it just out. one yeah, example. It's so of how hard that movie,
1: not to. Uh contextualizes its its commentary on capitalism and one example of how i care a lot does does not at all so i'll get into more we can get into more of that but yeah so
0: obviously the main character of this movie is a girl boss she is
2: baby boss risen the ladder
0: yeah she's a boss baby as well (laughs) um definitely risen the ladder um unapologetic in a lot of the things she does do you guys think that this movie kind of lives or dies with your opinion on how they portray uh, Rosamund Pike's character, who, like we like we briefly touched on, gives a great performance here? Like, I don't think anyone would deny that she is. She doesn't elicit a lot of emotional responses, um, but how did you guys think that her character is depicted, and how do you think that plays into the larger? Um, I guess inner workings or mechanics of this movie, uh, starting with the lovely Dane Holtz.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, her character is not extremely, extremely unlikable. From the first time we were introduced to her, she's just very, very cold, heartless. Uh, the classic, like, where she's, like, gaslighting everyone and then just making it seem like she cares a lot. Um, I will say, I do think the way her character is portrayed in being that way with ultimately like how the movie ends. I think it's important that she is cold and unlikable throughout the entire movie. Um, however, I don't necessarily think that makes for an interesting character because she, I thought she was very one dimensional and, and like mm. it was just, you're, you're supposed to not like her and there's no, like it, she was more of a villain the than anything throughout the movie. I mean, I I didn't really have anything that I really I, liked about her.
1: I also think this movie are is like all, it's like a tale are we of two all halves.
0: Pro tale of two halves. Yeah, I was gonna, like just because
1: I do I do think that I mean she's unlikable throughout, and I had my issues throughout. But I do think at least in the first half of this film, there's like a certain magnetism to her character yeah. that you're you're sort of latching onto and wondering where's this gonna take me and and what's her deal like what am i gonna learn about her um and none of that ultimately pays off and the second half of this film is just kind of this like boring cat and mouse like generic kind of action like an, thriller uh, movie.
2: it was like a yeah. uh, johnny english
1: movie. yeah like i i yeah. i've really johnny tuned english, out yeah. on the, the second half
2: uh well i was gonna say one i'm surprised that rosamund pike's vape didn't get a supporting actor or not you know. oh my God, she was ripping she yeah, what, was, what do we make of this she, she was ripping fat
0: clouds that entire time <laughs> it was just an aesthetic thing it was yeah. just like yeah. so you could add some smoke to the neon it's it's it, the it was, same um, it's
1: the same energy as as the as Zendaya eyelashes yeah. and Zendaya leggings well, like, I think that's all parts yeah. part of the same yeah and, and, umbrella. And for
2: me like I that, like you said, Corey, there is like this uh like magnetism to her character like uh she just has such a presence when she's on screen however as soon as she like puts what's her name jennifer robertson or the one old lady into the home i was i was like i was cheering for jennifer, jennifer the entire peterson. time i was like jennifer yeah. peterson i was like come on oh. jennifer you gotta bring her down let's go i like the yeah, entire and, time and I the was movie make...
3: essentially like essentially what i thought about like realizing what her character is um or like how i felt about her character was what makes a good villain um and it's exactly what you guys have been saying like good villains have that sort of like magnetism they have to have like there's a reason like i don't like what they're doing but there's a reason for me to kind of be interested and it's kind of this feeling that we've talked about a lot on this podcast where you're watching like this uh, with one eye, with their eyes covered, but like you know, you you want to know what's happening next, but you also are like repulsed by what you're seeing on the screen. When that fizz dies out, and when that energy kind of like becomes like mute, then the villain is no longer interesting, which I do think is what happened in the second half. Because well, I, I what do you but what happens when your
1: villain that. is your protagonist? I mean, I think that's the
2: that's yeah, the like interesting
1: the, situation the, that this movie sets up is that your villain. Is is your hero, and then the actual antagonist Peter Dinklage is also a terrible person. I mean, like, mm. like where yeah. do you, did you guys find yourself rooting for anyone in this film?
0: I, well, I was gonna ask, we were we pro mob on this movie? Well, I was honestly, Dane, you I agree pro Jennifer. I with Dane. Dane, were you pro mob? No, I, I
2: wasn't. Pro mob I was pro Jennifer I mainly just right. anti Italian I, I, I they were, I Russian. They, were, were they they, a were, Russian Russian. Mob? they yeah. were Russian they were Russian um, they were Russian okay my thing was i I just wanted to see Marla get like her shit kicked in like i i i yeah did not like her, and they introduced a villain, which I thought was super bizarre because it just takes all the attention off of Marla's character it's like oh, here's this character that you're supposed to hate, I think, but here's a- another person who you're also supposed to hate. And then I just got stuck with, like, who do I root for? And in the end, it just ended with me being, like, I just want Marla to, like, not win in the end. She's a big Ivanka Trump she you do get. I know, I know. Well, and do- I was actually, I was ha- I was very content with the end of the movie. It was the, yeah. like, Fifty minutes before that, where I was just like, "What the hell am I watching?" Can I just say, can I just say that car crash was the dumbest shit I've ever seen? Yeah, it was awful. I, I, I I've bad. seen too many MythBusters episodes to know mm. that she ain't breaking out of that car. She ain't getting out of that car. She got drugged. Yeah, she didn't have anything to. She got she didn't have Anything to she, break the windows. She kicks the the window open. There, I was like, "What?" Which you've been the told hell? doesn't
0: work on MythBusters.
2: Yeah. It, they per, it myth busted. It was. It was myth, con- busted. <laughs> <Movie> busted. <laughs> myth busted. Movie busted. Movie <laughs> busted. Movie logic out the door. But I want to. Um, can we talk about well, that okay, ending
1: so. too, though? Because I, I think the ending is an interesting point, also. Because, yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree. Like, that was a, a quote unquote good ending. I mean, like, that's what we, we wanted to see her get uh, her comeuppance. But I, it almost pissed me off more to an extent. Because mm. I was like, this movie acts like that ending lets the movie pretend. That it that it gave a shit about critiquing her the entire time. I
0: don't it think. Literally, they spent ninety nine percent of this movie. Well, I shouldn't say ninety nine percent, but as Corey said, the tale of the two halves. She's this smarmy, horrible, like unflinching person, and yet it turns into like this sympathy piece for her, where it's like show, trying to show her like be intimate with her girlfriend, with like this like fluttering score in the background that makes it seem as though they're just these two people that have these bad things happening to them. And like, why are bad things happening to them? It's like, that's why but we don't, we want these bad things to happen. That's why to I was so you're, 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 and, and, and I know, I know we've we've already touched on Uncut Gems, but in in these movies with like anti-villains as your protagonist. There are moments of, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you know, the famous scene in Uncut Gems is him being, like, I'm such a mess. Like, yeah. so what the up. fuck is this? So- yeah, like, I just, I'm so fucked up. But <laughs> but uh, in this... I was, I was waiting for... You shouldn't that have done moment that. that. Yeah, you should <laughs> get the tattoo <dancing laughs> You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and then I was waiting for be, that. He tries ringing the bell, and then what does he do? He's yeah. like, not him, not him. <laughs> and I was like, I was like what's it called? I was waiting for that ass-tap moment where there's just like... Rosamund Pike is like, "I, I have fucked up. I have fucked over these people. And, you know... If they if they want to make her this horrible, like you, it couldn't have been a a spy thriller. Like, do you guys think this movie would have worked better as like a revenge flick? Maybe with like um, I, I the think grandma so. exacting I, revenge on I her. W-
1: I was thinking about this. Like, what version of this movie would work? And pretty much, I think the only version I could imagine is one in which Diane Wee's character, Jennifer, is is the pro- is the main character. If if you want to yeah. tell a story about this whole uh, elderly abuse sort of system. It could have been like a
2: perspective switch thing, where like right, you get, yeah, you get yeah.
1: Like I, I just don't. If you wanted, it seems like that was the basis for this film. I guess was to like tell a story about this whole guardianship um, issue, which is pretty seems burning. it does seem pretty problematic and and uh, <laughs> is is interesting, but mm-hmm. but like don't tell it from the perspective of the abuser of the awful person. I mean, like yeah. to compare it to Uncut Gems, there is something about Howard Ratner's perspective that is kind of relatable like you know Mm -hmm. he's doing a lot of terrible things that adversely affect his family
3: like that two birds one stone what if you're trying to do 15 birds one stone like everyone's had that like god like i i need to get so many things done but if i do this 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 and this exactly that's the part and that that is a perspective that capitalism
1: forces on you and it is like an interesting dissection of that but no one i mean i would hope no one has ever been like god what if i could just like screw over all the old people in my area and just like, and steal everything yeah. from them. I mean, there's there absolutely no, like, no redeemable quality in that. There.
2: there was no moment where it was like, "This is how she got to this point." Like where you, you get so caught up in capitalistic tendencies well, that you just become heartless. Con- and like, I I just feel like there that's wasn't not
0: completely true though, Dane, because the first, the first like. You know the court scene with the guy that inevitably—spoiler alert—inevitably kills Rosamond Pike, Pike's character. There's the whole thing where she's like, "You have to get a leg. You have to cheat. You have to steal. Like that's how you you win." I just find that 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 justification is something we've heard a thousand times. Like it's that is lazy. not. Like that's yeah, that's a character we've seen a hundred times as a villain. Well, that didn't the... do enough to make make that, it seem intriguing enough to be an anti-hero that's the question and i, I kind of wanted to
1: ask you guys um on that on that note about that idea of seeing this character a lot like i mean i think the big argument with this film and the and the and what we sort of have been dancing around is i mean she's a, a it's a it's a female character she's a it's it's a it's a lesbian woman who is has, has been like if you read these the letterbox reviews for this or if you go on film twitter I mean, people aren't having the conversation we're having. Like, she is almost universally referred to as a girl boss and as, like, a badass. Um, you know, I like <laughs> uh, all love to, to Emmeline. But even I think I saw Emmeline share this picture that I don't know who where it originated. Oh, wait. But- I was
0: going to bring that up, too, but... Emily did sh- yeah she shared this yeah no it, this story, not, it doesn't right? reflect
1: this doesn't reflect on Emily at all it was it was just it was i, I was we just interested in anti- Emily now that she's
0: not on the episode <laughs> right away no i, I was just do. interested in. see on and then we shit on them after <laughs>
1: they leave i i, I be i be, I, be, I, well, I actually meant to text her because i'm curious to hear her thoughts on this movie especially after seeing like but i don't know if you guys saw the images that she shared but like this is the kind of stuff that's going around like these these pictures of marla grayson being this badass woman of being like strong and powerful and manipulative, and that's so fucking cool. And the argument has been like, oh, you know, if if guys could fall in love with Jordan Belford after Wolf of Wall Street, or or uh, you know, Christian Bale's character in American Psycho, if the if these bad guys that 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 are an, these anti-hero types could be um, misinterpreted as the good guys, why can't like like we as women do the same? I think that's kind of been some of the discourse around. I care a lot. But my answer to that is, like, makes how, they're all... But does it? Like, I think my answer is, like, they're all bad. Like, they're all bad. Well, and the thing,
0: to make this like movie now... I hate the, American Psycho. I, well, the, with... Oh, go ahead, Samir.
2: No, yeah, you can go, Dane. I uh, uh, Okay. Well, yeah, I mean... I, have <laughs> before, so. I, I despise Wolf of Wall Street for that reason. Because I watched that movie, and I could not find any ounce of me to like or relate to Jordan Belfort and it was like it. that's how it was with this movie it's she is just doing awful things and it's interesting too because like I mean her who is taking advantage of these old people and so they just go into these retirement homes and die and then the act like who was pitched as the villain Peter Dinklage has like a human trafficking ring.
0: I just at the end of the day find Rosamond Rosamond Pike's character one note. Like I don't find her very engaging past her callousness. Like and and Jordan Belford's character, like, yeah, he's a fucking douchebag. And I I'm not a huge fan of uh Wolf on Wall Street, but and i'm certainly not a fan of american psycho if you guys ever want to hear my hot take i think that's one of the worst <laughs> movies ever made. well the but, one thing about jordan Belfort my, is
3: that it does help that it's based on a real person like the guy yeah, exists so like it i know that but, he's written one note but like in the movie like the movie character is one note but the well, fact I mean, that well, there's a guy well no no what, I, of what of I was about it. to
0: say is actually the opposite of that i find i find jordan belford's character at least ch- charismatic is all get out like and 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 that's not Rosamund Pike's fault because I think she oh, no. she does a yeah. great job with this character. I just find her character to be very um. There there's just like it didn't feel believable when they tried yeah, to there's, make there's her no depth seem there. soft. I mean, and feminine, and I th- I think just it's it's fair to like point calculating, out. Like, background yeah, no, and that's two, not and i just don't find that very exciting or like relatable or an yeah, interesting character to put much it's emotion it's a flat too.
3: villain uh, like jared, uh, jared leto and the justice squad no no no, no uh, I, I mean it's you, you you can yeah, jared, you jared mix leto to the up suicide squad I, I yeah. um no i i think so, it's fair
1: to point out too that that jay blakes and the director of this and the writer is just a, is a white dude i mean like like yeah. i'm not one of, like i don't I, you know there is certainly nuance to the conversation as to like who can write what stories and the kind of characters you can write about he's allowed to write a female character don't get me wrong but it really to me like making his protagonist um like this this like empowering like lesbian woman just feels like an attempt to address this exact question that we're having like like he's not interested in her femininity nor like her a Malcolm, sexuality.
2: Malcolm and Marie argument. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah like similar, like like yeah. I
1: don't think that his script, like the script, isn't like she does, like her. Like he clearly has no sense of of what it means to be a woman or to be a lesbian or anything like that. I don't, and that's why I would never write a script, you know, with, with those things in mind. So it doesn't engage with that part of her. It's just like it's just like a trait that she has, yeah. and is supposed to immediately make her cool and badass. All and right. and it's, I think it's he, it's there. So that we can, it can be like a, almost like a safeguard against this conversation. Like, oh, if if you liked Jordan Belfort, then you have to like uh, Marla Grayson yeah, too. Which, I, by I, the way, I did not like Jordan Belfort. I love that movie, but I think that movie is it, it takes a stance against him, I and that's a whole separate
2: conversation. Yeah, I, I have a couple things. I think one scene that I really had some mixed emotions on was when it's in her office and the. Uh, lawyer comes in and the lawyer just there's like the thing about the doctor and he keeps referring to the doctor as a he i just felt like relating to that to that this to that conversation of the fact that a a white man wrote and directed this movie i just thought that that scene was just very awkward and just it's it felt like a white dude was writing that scene it was just it was, it was yeah, simply cuz it didn't
0: feel like a micro like they, what they were trying to get at was he was doing a microaggression repeatedly but it was just like the most low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. version of it. Yeah, the, that it just the, came, another so it example of that is the from very from...
1: beginning when, uh, sh- when she tells like, like, oh, the guy who ultimately kills her. Woman? Yeah, and she's like, yeah. just because you have a penis doesn't mean you scare me. I mean, it's it's it speaking. Like,
0: yeah, it was like, it's like, come on, guys. That,
1: that's what I mean. This movie co-opts the language of identity politics and pretends that it's something progressive when it's that's why. Yeah. Like that's what I'm getting at and when and I when we've say hate we've this talked about that. I think we've
3: talked about that so many times with other movies we've discussed here. It's, it's, a, it's pure an alarming trend. It's, it's pure evil trend that happens a lot in streaming and, originals. <laughs> and I, yeah. I
2: think that could have been something that would have made the movie very interesting. Say you actually had someone who wrote this movie who had that perspective of being right. a successful, powerful woman. In in a business like that, I think it would have been a very interesting, like, piece of dialogue that could have came.
0: And you, you could probably relate so that, better yeah, to her. Yes, so that would that have you. made yeah. her more. Like, and it would have made the whole thing better yes. because she would have actually been a nuanced character. Yeah. As opposed to what so, we have here. So. Which so is not nuanced. Yeah. My, I feel so like my... we've, we've been very, we've been very negative about this <laughs> movie. But I just want to say it's so weird because I gave this movie originally three stars and I'm thinking now I have nothing positive to say about this movie. I like I just like can't like is anyone else finding themselves in a similar situation? I, it's just very well, everyone I also given
3: this movie a three or a three and a half. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's I, like a I'm, weird thing. I'm, looking back,
0: movie. Yeah, I'm looking back it's the most important thing. Yeah, I'm looking back and I'm like, this time. is But yeah, I like it does things i think we haven't really touched on things that like it does well like i think do you do you guys like the editing or like the pacing of this movie well, i think it i think it chugs along pretty pretty well throughout. well that's what i was gonna say is
1: I, I think that's also what's dangerous about it is that it's like i gave it a two and a half um and i like you know i just like i'll make it clear i despise this movie <laughs> like like <laughs> every like i should be giving it like just a half star but um I do think it it's very watchable. It's pretty competently
3: yeah, crafted. Yeah, it's very watchable. Like and again I why it I, makes it a 3. That's my theory that like if something is so that's, just, that's like, dangerous in and it of itself. And it, that's yeah. a 3 because you don't have to think they about the to make, like,
0: yeah, it. it they found the algorithm to make
3: like you can they found the algorithm
0: Netflix it. has mm-hmm. to just make a movie that like you you have on and you you know it's fine. Like I felt after this movie I even said you know that wasn't that I I kind of liked yeah. that,
3: and I started but now thinking, I'm
0: looking back and I'm like why why did I like it so much like what yeah like what about it actually and and, and I'll tell you what about it you like very few uh, things I'll tell you
3: what about it you like it's the fact that the like I started thinking about why it's a three star movie and like why people aren't vehemently feeling like it's a half star or like gushing positively saying it's a five star and I think it's because. And this is where the movie, I think, fails. Like, throughout this whole discussion, since we started talking about this movie, for me, I mentioned my biggest point is that it's kind of missing some sort of energy. And the moments where it aims at comedy, I think maybe if it had gone for some sort of, like, original style it was trying to impose, like, I don't know, like, John Wick has its own original thing that it's doing, right? Like, I Care A Lot could have infused its own original energy into it. And I think when it did something like that, that elevates it into the four or five star range and of course some people are not going to like the original risk it takes um and that puts it at the half star range. well that's the fun when movies take the risk that's what makes it entertaining um but i don't think this movie takes enough risk for it to you know really like it it almost feels like it's playing it safe um by taking on like taking on elements that we've seen before in movies like uncut gems and there are other movies that you can compare this movie to but it just kind of takes elements that we know already kind of work and it puts them in a i guess a different character storyline um but at the end of the it's day very th-
0: lowest common yeah it's very it lowest is. common denominator like so, it felt like it it adapted a lot of things that work well like it exactly. took the neon style cinematography from Promising Young Woman. It took kind of like the frenetic pacing of uh Uncut Gems, and it took you know several other things, and then it's just kind of a hodgepodge kind sick. of a mess. Yeah. We, well, you know? like it's
2: Promising sick. Young Woman, there I think that's a good movie to compare it to because you take the the lead character who is supposed to be a a badass and promising young woman, the lead she's so badass but also like she yeah, does she... some morally questionable things and i think uh, i care a lot well, here's would thing. have benefited a lot from g- giving some nuance to the main character like i i yeah and the really movie liked...
3: as a whole a least promising young woman takes risk that's the that's the thing i liked about that movie the most yeah it yeah. takes risk well, whether those work for you or not is a different question but it at least
2: tries I don't think this movie is crying at all. Yeah, and even with Promising Young Woman, like, that movie is incredibly serious with its subject matter, but also has some hilarious moments in it. Yeah, I feel like this is is what. Yeah, and and Carrie Mulligan,
1: by the way, was nominated for Best Actress in a Drama. I mean, I think that she. That had money. a better opportunity I it. to Dude, be that movie is
2: nominated much screw, than I screw the eighty-three white dudes <laughs> on the Hollywood Foreign Press. Yeah. Like, I know. <laughs> Dude, which, <laughs> yeah. which
1: probably, we'll what talk about hell? this when we talk more about Andre Day. But I don't know if you guys saw Carrie Mulligan's face when she lost. But she oh definitely God, thought she I had love, that in the bag. I love the like, like a fake.
0: Yeah. yeah, we the, the fake humble winner thing is one of my favorite things of award season. They like, oh my gosh, that was such a funny joke you made. You piece of shit, you stole my award <laughs> type <laughs> face, like I think that's so funny. well So, we, I think Should we'll, we talk we'll about
1: up, Rosamund we'll, Pike though? And 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 Yeah, what, we should. She is a saving do grace. Do you think she deserves Like we we touched on her is. performance, but do you guys think that she deserved to win the Golden Globe? And do you think this now gives her any inside track at the Oscars?
0: Hold on. Let oh, me thank you, host. Colony. I don't know. Let me pull up the other. So, nominee. so to answer, to um, to answer that, I think Maria Baklavova, Bakalova, Bakalova, yeah, yeah, Whatever. Bakalova Maria, For Borat. She she is way better at what in, in terms oh, of yeah. comedy or musical. Hundred percent. Vastly superior. If you're just going based on award alone, and also I think she was absolutely more deserving because I think. Rosamund Pike gives a solid performance, but I don't think. Well, watching None, this movie, yeah. I wasn't like I wasn't like sure. on the edge of my seat for what she's gonna say next. I was just like, you know, this is solid. She's keeping, she's being believable. I don't like her. You know, I you know I yeah. think she probably should have been nominated, but I was you know I'm yeah. very very surprised she won. I I don't I don't think she was deserving and. Frankly, I think this is going to carry over, and I think she will probably be a front runner for the Oscars now because well, of this. Which what is you very need see—that's where what I just need to
3: understand about the fact that, like, the task Maria Bakalova had <laughs> was like much, much harder. I think than you know, like, that of any scripted actor, like going into a complete situation and improving your way, like, to either. Elevate or diffuse a situation and being funny throughout, like that takes a completely different set of comedic skills yeah. that are like, also crazy. Impressive.
1: It's almost like if, if Sasha Baron Cohen could win for his performance, which he did, it's almost like how could Maria Bakalova not win because they nah, did the exact same thing. If really in bo- some ways what she pulled off was even more miraculous,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah. Rudy Giuliani thing is literally insane, crazy. like. One, it's
0: the great, it's the best moment of 2026. Like, and she is the reason, as an
2: actress, as an actress, like she was able to get that scene. It was all up to her to get that scene to go to where it was. Also, the just the nerve and and just like, yeah,
3: it takes a lot
2: to be able to go in there and do that is insane. Like, that yeah. that moment alone should have been enough to
3: see. That, when I'm, you're in her I'm, now I'm just yeah, kinda getting, know, I'm kind of getting a I, little yeah, bit angry yeah,
0: right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so Corey, where do you Corey, where do you stand on Roseman Pike's performance and how it relates to the general, um,
1: yeah, award shows? I mean, again, I like I'm with you guys. I think Maria Bakalova probably should have beat her at the Golden Globes. I'm not too upset that she won. Like I think it's perfectly fine you guys know honestly i would have loved to see a, my girl Anya win for Emma, but i knew that wasn't <laughs> oh gonna happen oh my
0: god <laughs> she was looking great at the award show Corey. she looked
1: great yeah she got the queen's gambit love which is enough. but uh i i think as far as the oscars are concerned like like usually the golden globes are some kind of precursor although that changes from year to year but this year i think the you can pretty much ignore the entire musical slash comedy category and just look at yeah. the dramas well i was um, about i was true.
2: about to so, yeah, say i'm like if if you so have the think, i think i
3: think nominated you can pretty much ignore it <laughs> oh
0: my god no, so, I I mean, knew especially as far, some as far as actresses. is concerned as far as
1: actress is concerned i think basically you're going to see the same five drama nominees make up the entire category at the oscars i don't yeah, think Roseman pike it's i mean Roseman pike might get a nom now just because she does have that momentum but even even then, I'd actually be pretty surprised. I I can't. It, her performance was not better than Kerry Mulligan's. It was not better than Vanessa Kirby's. It was not better than Viola Davis's, and it was not better than Frances McDormand's. And uh, we can talk about Andre Day in a sec, but I don't think it was better than that either.
0: It was not better than Andre Day's. Um, cool. So we are on to the star ratings now for I Care a Lot. Um, I'm gonna start, and I'm gonna be frank. I uh, I'm gonna change my rating. From what I originally gave it, I'm gonna give this a two and a half stars. It's very watchable, as we said um but I just the politics of the movie, the script of the movie all seem to fall flat to where it's externally has a lot of energy, but internally pretty vapid.
2: yeah, i'm gonna go uh basically repeat what you said, Sam. Uh I gave it a three originally on Letterboxd. I'm gonna give it a two and a half. And yeah, I mean watching this I got very similar vibes to Malcolm and Marie in with what it was trying to say and do. Um in regards to like uh just I mean like Roseman Pike's character, like having a strong boss lady and I think it completely missed the boat in what it could have done. Um
3: yeah yeah i'd give it a two and a half as well um yeah just another soulless wow. piece of streaming dump that uh is scared to take any major risk
1: yeah you guys are yeah i think you guys convinced me i started at two and a half i'm gonna i'm gonna have to bu- bump it down even a little bit more i'll, I'll, I'll give it just a two just because hey <laughs> because oh, i just want to be lower an, a, consi- yeah you're yeah. so
0: annoying we didn't <laughs> have one consistent <laughs> rating on this
1: podcast <laughs> but uh I mean I like I like I keep saying I really hate this movie to me this movie represents everything that is wrong with the state of film today and uh I think some of the other movies we're going to talk about kind of relate to this point but this this idea of of like movies and storytelling co-opting identity politics to serve what is like what is like a supposedly political but ultimately an apolitical agenda is actually like really bad like this like it's a, it, it's happening like our our governments are doing that in their policies and in their some of their decision making, and now our 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 storytelling is doing it too. I mean, like that that should really scare us because that I I don't, I, don't, I I'll I'll stop myself from going off of my rant, <laughs> but it's uh um, it's it's really bad. I mean, it's 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 the least progressive thing you could do, but it gets to masquerade as progressive, uh, and I think it will be well used said, in the like future.
0: More. Okay, to, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Continuing <laughs> Wow, that
1: is the so, ultimate uh, way to uh, to undermine no, anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's window. like the
0: that's like the music playing at an
3: award show. <laughs> I'm actually right in the middle of watching Bowling for Columbine, so you keep saying Michael Moore, and uh, I keep thinking back to that. Because <laughs> for, for our a, listeners who yeah, can't see one. Corey right now, he's dressed exactly like the. It's documentary, just a, a flannel. It's exactly like, it's like nice. the, uh, like the documentary. You can Google slash Google Michael Moore and it's exactly uh, what you're Michael wearing right Moore. now.
0: Cora yeah. Stoman,
3: Michael Moore,
0: cinematic parallels. Well, speaking <laughs> it's of our cinema MCU universe. Yeah, speaking of movies. <laughs> that's our segue <laughs> for the next one. So we're gonna be talking about another. Um <laughs> this was this is actually one of the most shocking awards in recent memory, which is Andre Day's win for Best Actress in a drama. Um she was in absolute last place in all of the the odds making um this was i thought i was watching this with Cory and Samir i thought there was a mistake when she was announced i just there was no momentum going into this movie and the movie that we are talking about is the United States versus Billy Holiday okay and that was our discussion about the United <laughs> States versus Billy Holiday <laughs> That was my hilarious joke that I pre-wrote <laughs> for this. Oh, podcast. Yes, but, but I as you can probably tell from it, um this might be the shortest we've ever talked about a movie. That that might be a fair thing to say. And and Cory, do you want to explain why this movie won't take up a lot of our time?
1: I think the number one reason is that it's just so fucking boring. It it is <laughs> it is like I mean it's it's definitely the most boring movie I've watched this year. Um, which sucks because it's almost two and a half hours long. Like it's it's a long fucking. Movie. It's
0: long as fucking shit, dude. Why do they keep doing
1: that? And half of that is just like B roll of either like her singing, uh, or it's just like old like stylized footage that's or like it's it's not old footage. It's current footage made to look old. Um, and so it's just a lot of filler. It's very very bloated this movie. But uh, there are also a couple reasons that I find this movie to be outright offensive. Uh, and I, we can get into some of those as well, but. Um yeah, like Andre Day, I think good for her. It seems to be a pattern with these best best actors things. I uh I mentioned this to you guys all fair that uh last year it was Renee Zellweger who was you know cleaning the slate with, for with Judy. Yeah for Judy, which also got I never saw it. It was getting pretty poor reviews. But even I that I don't it was boring as I shit. Yeah. I think that was like a pretty by the numbers biopic. This is also kind of like that, but I think it's even worse for a, uh, a couple reasons that I'm sure you guys will, will touch on when you talk about some of the writing and things like that.
0: <sighs> the writing i would you know i think for anyone that's on the fence you know about this movie you should just listen to one quote that i'm gonna pull up right now <laughs> so they're talking so they're talking about uh, a majority of this movie is about billy Holiday, who famous um like r&b soul singer um and her amazing song which is uh strange fruit which was a really popular song at the time. But this is a direct quote about an FBI meeting that the movie's about, like, how the FBI wants to get her to stop singing this song because it's inciting riots, quote unquote, but it's not really. And they go, They say her song is the curtain call for this so called civil rights movement. <laughs> and it's like, Who the fuck talks like that? And, and, There are just cringy-ass quotes throughout this movie that are so on the nose. did as a a playwright, what were your thoughts of the dialogue (laughs) uh, throughout this movie?
3: You definitely stole my thunder completely because, um, yeah, that's exactly how I felt, where it was just kind of like, like you said, just on the nose, like completely speaking about, I, I understand, when you're dealing with, uh topics like these like i i understand the impulse to want to be direct and like get the point across as much as possible um but the thing is it just you pick one you either make a psa or you make a movie that's worth people discussing and it lives on and there's so many movies that have done both and that's what makes a great movie um and if you're not trying to be a great movie why make a movie you know (laughs) That, that's kind beautiful. of beautiful
2: that there's just but, so
0: much there are so much dead space in this movie there like we Corey talked about how expository it is. there are five minute segments where it is literally just filming her singing and and Andre Day, like to her credit, she sings all of this, yeah, which is really, really impressive. She sounds very similar to Billy holiday and we'll we'll get more into Andre Day's performance yeah because I do have some thoughts
1: is, on that as well.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we could do it right now. We're yeah, not going to spend that much time on I, this
1: movie. I, wanted, I this kind of stuff. did want to I wanted to ask you guys this cuz I do agree her performance is very very good, but it kind of there this this comes up a lot I think with um awards decision making when it comes to performances. You know, like what makes a good performance? Like especially when yeah. you're playing a real life figure. While her her performance is very good again. Like I I was impressed. It, it really is like it's basically it's it's are you really performing or are you just creating a facsimile of an individual and that's what's being yeah. awarded like uh I mean, like,
2: like uh freddie mercury and
1: right like yeah like yeah. look rami malik was was not the best actor that year I'll, I'll ethan Hawke got so fucking screwed for first reform yeah, that I'll, I'll take okay. that to my grave you and your ethan you, hawk you know, standing. get out of here! An- another Keep actor continue, that year continue. who got nominated who i did not think was very good was Christian Bale in Vice? He was not very good in that oh. movie, but he looked a lot like Dick Cheney. He he theoretically <laughs> sounded like him. Like like with these real life figures, we kind of have a, a skewed sense of what a good performance is. Because yes, I do think Andre Day technically recreates Billie Holiday very well, but is there a lot of nuance and emotion in her performance and in the character? I'd say no.
0: I think the problem is that the script doesn't allow her to be all that interesting. Like, you know, a a prime example is like, there's this big reveal, by the way, like one of my favorite actors currently working is Trevante Rhodes. Um, He's the third, he's the third version of Chiron in Moonlight all time best movie ever made. (laughs) And even he is bad in this movie because the script gives nothing for him to do. So it's like, in this reveal that he's an FBI agent at the beginning, Andre Day's response is like, you didn't even like my music. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) Like, like even if, even if she's giving a good performance, she's saying such fucking like on the nose, like trivial things. That's like, it takes me right out of the performance because I don't care what she has to say.
1: Yeah. And Chavante Rhodes too. It was funny. Right before we watched this movie, I wrote an article for Screen Rant um listing potential options to play Superman in the new uh oh, reboot. Like, a you know, great, they're doing a, a black Superman. Yeah, um great. and yeah, and he's one of the he he's, great in it. he's one of the names I mentioned in it. And yeah, I still I still think he would be a good choice, but I'm not gonna lie, I watched this movie and I was like, shit, I'm kinda of rethinking putting him on that list because I thought he was so flat. But in this he's movie. so
0: he's so good in Moonlight. He's yeah, but, but he's, he's so, so he's so good at Moonlight.
1: He's and so and so he, flat. And this is this he, is even flat so like, in this movie. He's been in bad movies where he's been a good part of it, like Bird Box.
3: Like, this is exactly what I was saying last episode. I think that, like, that's the thing with actors and performances, right? Like, they, like, see, the worst movie can't save the best actor, I think. But I think that when you have a great movie, even if you have, like, a worst actor in it, it's fine. It's passable. Um, And that's the weird thing. Like, that's the position that actors are in. Because they're just, like they're stuck they're always at the or yeah i i can't think of an example where an actor is enough to completely make do for a completely horrid script direction everything else like I, I can't think
0: of an example
3: yeah. that suffices to make an an entertaining experience with just the actor
0: um, yeah so i don't want to vil i don't want to vilify the actors for this because yeah. at the end of the day this is one of the worst scripts i've I've watched in a in a while. And do you want to hear something it else? Kind really, of crazy. It is really that bad for anyone that hasn't watched it. It's really bad. This is
1: another. I think this is important to note about Jimmy Fletcher, Travante well, Rhodes' character.
0: Isn't that bad, <laughs> Dane. It's really it's that. Like, bad. It's like a
1: flex to say you haven't watched it. Honestly, that's so bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm
0: is kind of we you saved. All this is saying is that Samir, Corey, and I wasted two and a half hours and of and half our hours. life at one well, point this week. I I, yeah. I
1: just I do want to point this out though about about uh, Rhodes' character. Did you guys know that the romance between uh, he and Billie Holiday was entirely fictional? Like, that was j- just...
0: Why? why? Isn't that insane?
1: So, why did they have the to ba- include it then? So his real-life character has expressed a lot of regret throughout his life for, you know, having been complicit yeah. in doing that to Billie Holiday and working with the FBI. And so, basically, like, and this is like evidence of why the script is so bad and why I think this movie is honestly almost offensive. And that's a fascinating type of character, right? I mean, think about Bill O'Neill. We discussed him in, in Judas and the Black Messiah. That's, that's a fascinating type of character. Movie. But the movie, basically, I guess it like the whoever wrote the script wasn't smart enough to think about the, the the intricacies of a character like that, and and like the what that means to be a like someone who betrayed a member of your own race, and and to still walk around as a black man and works for the FBI. Like that's fascinating. But basically, I guess to write around that and make sure that they don't have to reckon with that at all. They just write in an entirely fictional romance that allows him to stick around. So
0: unbelievable! Yeah, and
1: so, it, it's it's so, so unbelievable, I, and it just allows him to stick around and spend time with her, and never have to really reckon with what is a pretty com- complex and fascinating dichotomy. You know?
0: Yeah, that evidently re- like really messed him up for the rest of his life. Right. So obviously, there's some interesting, like deep, like emotional scars to write around. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to get in about this movie? I feel comf- I I don't I know what you guys are saying. Move. I, I mean- love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like do we do we think she deserved this award? Do we think she has any chance of winning the award at Oscar time? Like where do we where do we think this stands? I think Andre Day is great in this movie. Um
3: I think her performance again, it's that classic case of like even if you get the greatest performance ever. I don't think it's enough to save a movie like this. If you ask me about whether she has a chance at the Oscar, um she would be competing with uh, I guess Frances McDormand and um who 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 else? carrie Mulligan, uh, Viola Turner. Davis,
1: and probably and then probably Vanessa Kirby as yeah, the fifth, Vanessa but Kirby. it's as hard yeah, as a... Kirby.
3: Um I don't know. It would be interesting. Like that, that that's something I would need to think about a bit more. Um at this point, I just I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah.
1: I'd still if I was a betting man, I'd probably still take Carrie Mulligan at this point. Uh yeah, me too. But uh I think Andre Day is a very good shot at it at this point. Um my per I mean, you guys know I, I really like Vanessa Kirby and Pieces of a Woman. Uh and I, I, I'm glad she'll probably keep getting nominated, but she obviously has no chance at
2: winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I uh I think again, good good performance, okay. but I would still think she would be a a big big underdog in terms of this uh this award i think carrie mulligan or Violet davis are the two complete front runners for do you it. guys know anything about her so, career
1: i mean is this like her, I mean, this must be like her first this is big her role. this is her
0: uh yeah like i'll look it up real quick i think that this was her big first role but she was also in she was ah, in cars, cars three, cars 3. <laughs> yeah she voice acted cars three but this is this is her big her big break, so I mean hopefully this gives her new new movies that are better written and better directed so that she can showcase her talents um but we'll see so let's go to the star ratings of this movie uh with you Samir,
3: who two it Two, at two best. stars. God, it's it's just it's just too boring to be anything other other than that.
0: Yeah. Corey, you?
1: I give it a one and a half. Even that I, I feel I, lukewarm about.
0: Yeah, I feel lukewarm at a one and a half, but that is that is my review of it as well. So we just kinda shit on two movies. <laughs> to start off. Um, but that takes us to our third and final movie of the night, which was the big winner big winner in general of the golden globes um both chloe Zhao and nomadland won out big um and that is the movie that i literally just mentioned nomadland (laughs) uh directed by (laughs) chloe Zhao, who i literally just mentioned wow what a great segue that was um do you guys think uh nomadland's win was a good a big win for quote-unquote, like, cinema. Do you guys think this was an award that think... we can be proud of that it won? Or do you guys think that there were more deserving? Or you just, you know, don't feel like it's a good enough movie to get all the praise that it is currently getting? Uh, for me, looking yeah, I think at, the like, the nominations,
2: frame... uh, I think it, sh- well, it should have either have gone to Chloe Zhao or uh, Emerald Fennell, who directed Promising Young Woman.
3: Say that like, you know, you were kinda asking if this is like a big win for cinema. That's that's heaping mighty praise on the Golden Globes in general. Like, maybe I would <laughs> say that about the Oscar. Okay, I don't even know okay. if I'd say that about the Golden Globe.
0: Well, um, I think I think the the current idea is that this is one of the front runners uh for the Oscars, and it only is bolstered by its win at the Golden Globes. Um so, do you, you know, fuck you, Samir. <laughs> that was the question. You have to yeah. answer it. No, I think it's and an
1: interesting you. question because um, I have my issues with Nomadland, Land, and I'm sure we'll get into those. But I do think this actually is a pretty exciting film to get recognized as the best of the year. Um, it's starting to look like it's probably a clear cut favorite for the Oscar. I mean, anything can happen. And uh, I still wouldn't be surprised if there's like some, you know, chicanery and we see like a trial of the Chicago Seven type win, like, you know, a very, like, Green book s <laughs> movie. he been betting
3: on that horse since the beginning. Like, he will not well, I have, I because, I have the Chicago
0: 7 Because
1: because, <laughs> b- because Nomadland is the, is, if, if there's a spectrum, and if one end of a spectrum is Parasite slash Moonlight, and the other end of the spectrum is, like, Green Book and, like, Spotlight, I think, you know, there's the, the Chicago 7 on the Green Book end, and there's the Nomadland closer to a, to the Moonlight end. Um, and so, my point being, like, I do think this actually is a pretty cool movie to see win. It's, it is. Um, I mean, Chloe Zhao wrote, shot, and directed this thing, so it's a very like, like, independent sort of venture. Um, it, the way it was made is pretty unique, with these like, you know, real life nomads playing fictionalized versions of themselves, and just the way it's shot using all natural light, and it's very intimate. I mean, it's a lot of things that you just wouldn't expect to see in a big awards winner. Uh, and so, when you ask, is it a big win for cinema? I mean. It's hard to say in the year two thousand twenty when cinema is really just dying everywhere, but uh, I suppose it's a somewhat of a silver lining.
0: I asked a good question. I'm feeling pretty good about myself, so <laughs> no, I'm gonna try. Yeah. I'm gonna try my hand and ask a second good question. Ooh,
1: doubling down. Is,
0: um, th- where do you guys lie? On the fictionalized first versions of a real self and how that's depicted in a film. So, is it kind of Dane? I wasn't finished. <laughs> if you do that again, I'm gonna kick you from the discord. <laughs> okay, <laughs> never mind, Dane. It's you. Dane, it's up to you. Where do you lie on this fictionalized version of itself? Like the interplays between it's almost a documentary at some points and at other times it is a full-fledged narrative film. Uh where, so where do you stand on that that uh juxtaposition? Yeah,
2: so while you guys were uh talking about the previous movie that I did not watch, I was just looking up a bunch of stuff and I had no idea that that was the case for this movie and that makes me appreciate it that much more. Um like Yes, l- I fall on the same boat. Like Linda May, I thought she was so sweet. And when her and uh Fran, it's Fran, right? Yeah, I think yeah. yeah. When Or Fern, when they, right? Fern, it's Fern, Frances Fern, McDermott, yeah, but it's Fern. Fern. When, yeah, when yeah, they Fran.
0: Went... I was gonna say, did they really just do Frances McDermott's first name? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I just say fun fact. Here is my Frances McDermott story. I met her at a restaurant in Hawaii one time and mm-hmm. I have these like two little cousins who were babies at the time, and they were like the fattest, cutest little babies, and Frances McDermott was obsessed with them, and she had both of them sitting on her lap as she was like talking to my aunt, who, they, they're both actresses, so they were both like, they, they're friends, so they were both talking, but she was like obsessed with my two little cousins, and at the time, I was like, who is that? Because my mom and dad were like, that's Frances McDermott, like, this is so cool, and that's pretty cool I that's awesome no- yeah that's pretty yeah i wish i had no- i was like eight years old yeah i was like eight years old so i wish i had been more uh sam adult. i wish i was his, a you know a cinephile his, at the time see the
3: thing is sam and his celebrity connections are way more interesting than anything we will ever say on this podcast like he's he i know knows easily <laughs> if he had to count down on his hand he is somehow either first or second degree in contact with maybe Six celebrities with one of the big
0: Franco's.
1: Six kids. degrees of Sam Uh
3: Ridiculous. I'm really
0: fucking cool, so <laughs> I, I agree. I'm glad that this is where the conversation is le- led to. It's been, you know, having Emmeline on the last episode wasn't very pro-Sam. Uh, on previous episodes, I lost the Survivor. That wasn't very pro-Sam. So, I'm glad we're getting back to our roots and promoting me as the person I am. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Go, back to you, Dane. What do you? Where do you lie on this juxtaposition of, uh, documentary with narrative? Yeah.
2: So I mean, after finding that out, which was literally like five minutes ago, um, I think it's fascinating because they were all very, right. very compelling people. Like I, I would not have. Uh, I mean i I didn't know that they were the real life people. I had no notion of it and it i thought it worked very well in the film and knowing that they were like real life people just playing themselves just adds an extra layer of like authenticity to the film um i'm i it's reminding me of like when uh clint eastwood made that train movie with like the three dudes that...
1: fifteen seventeen to Paris. Yeah, or, and I was like, that's a situation... And it got slammed because those guys were just bad actors. That's a, yeah,
2: that's a situation <laughs> where that went very poorly, but in this situation, it was very well done. And they were all very tender characters that uh, I really felt for. I mean, unlike Swanky, her entire like little story was excellent. Fantastic. And, and the payoff was also beautiful. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, uh, uh, back as- to the mean people. Yeah, Samir so yeah. <laughs> and Corey, what the fuck do you have to say about this? You fucking I mean, dicks. I just fun. want to say a growing trend of this podcast recently has been Corey and Samir being negative and Dane and me being <laughs> Who would have positive. thought we would be, we'd be on a TV yeah, I've been on a negative streak for a long time now. Corey has been just a black hole of negativity. Yes. I've not enjoyed a movie is... in months. Yeah, as long as we're going <laughs> Audience like is it's so right miserable years. on the years. pod it's so funny. Audience Corey uh,
2: does like to have fun. He is a he can be positive. You might not know it. Yeah. Yeah. He likes
0: to make documentaries about how people from texas don't deserve vaccines <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> again i'm going to
1: reiterate for those that. who are joining us late i do believe that all americans deserve the vaccine regardless of what their dumbass i'm going to edit it out there.
0: so you <laughs> literally can't even defend yourself <laughs> god damn it i'm going to splice i'm going to make a deep i'm going to represent my voice just, why do i ever think that I'm was a good a, idea like a, a deep fake of Corey. that's like <laughs> i think that
2: Texas don't deserve <laughs> I was taxi. gonna say, you should just, like, include a bunch of, like, Michael Moore audio clips. Yeah, I mean, yeah it'd be like, oh, we got Michael Moore on the podcast. Um,
1: Put my face on Michael Moore's body. Or Michael Moore's <laughs> face on my body. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that would be the much better, uh,
2: image, I think.
1: Do you guys yeah, remember uh, Mary, that, that Family Mary Guy Kill, episode you? when uh, we were... There was, there was a Family Guy episode that I remember where Peter and Michael Moore have a fart-off and they're in so two stalls funny. next I to remember.
0: each other. So stupid. And it ends up creating not, like a song.
3: I, I am elated Michael. that we could get a Family Guy reference in this podcast too. I think Oh that's my a, god, Samir's so, so happy.
0: That's, that's one of our <laughs> running references. <laughs> uh, no, but Michael yeah. Moore definitely... Okay, Dix, what's your opinion on this juxtaposition? <laughs> yeah, huge it's huge was... it's a good call Dan um well yeah that's a I really mean, brave like, take coming from Dane. like I mean. sam said i think this episode we're has pie.
3: been um us us returning to our roots and if we're gonna return to our roots um i know that one of my uh pr- proudest root behaviors being the villain <laughs> um, root and, and being this and being the villain, I'm gonna say that yeah, I wasn't too too keen on this movie for a number of reasons. Um, but the first reason I'm gonna say just right now, um, before Corey digs into the other side of this, um, a bit more, is that I don't know. I just kind of see for me personally, I found it a bit too slow. Um, what I will add, my concession is during Chloe Zhao's, um, uh golden globe speech she used a word to describe this movie and i've been thinking about it in co- in the context of that word a lot more and that word is pilgrimage um and i think when when you frame the movie with the respect of it being this pilgrimage it kind of heightens everything else um you know like i'm thinking of it now as this like grand um this grand exodus this grand experience with almost religious undertones to it um and that's the part that i do like i think the movie does capture does capture like the grandiosity of like the did you just cra- say crapture yeah i said crap that's, that's a
2: good so word you i just like Just say crapture the, i meant to say god. god name of
0: the episode that feels like a south park um, joke already yeah. but continue. but it, it definitely
3: captures the um grandiosity of the you know of american beauty even like the i guess the natural beauty um even though that's in stark contrast to the kind of like horrible um conditions of poverty that the movie also showcases so it pits these two against each other um which makes for a really interesting viewing experience um and even though i found that part interesting i found it to be a bit too slow for my taste um You know, this movie has been described as documentary like and even I've described it as kind of like that. But even I feel like documentaries, they have something that is like they're advancing an argument like they say something just like an essay. And then the next line advances that a bit further. I think this movie, it starts off with a great intro paragraph and then it kind of gets muddled, I think, in the middle where I don't think it's advancing its argument. It has a strong ending and like a final point, I guess, but that middle section kind of loses me. Um so on the first level, the first thing I'm gonna say about I guess the uh, negatives of this movie is that the first thing I'm gonna things. say this is the first thing yeah. I'm gonna say. you've been talking for twelve minutes. <laughs> uh, but um yeah, I guess I felt a bit lost by that. Corey, dig in. No,
1: I I guess the one area I, I differ is that I didn't find it slow. I I I do like this movie i think it's it's very beautiful like like you said i um i had watched it having like not too long ago gotten back from my trip out to the, the southwest and not the exact same area that this movie is set but um you know just like like i i was able to walk through badlands very similar to this uh and um it is like like those those areas of the country are really really beautiful and I, it is really cool to see them on film um and i was captivated the whole time but um and this is a big but, I, I just
2: feel like <laughs> you
0: said big butt. <laughs> oh, crapture and then big butt. Craptures Ra- and oh big God. butts. That's the name of this. One episode. Something's on Corey's mind.
2: <laughs>
1: um, I I just feel like this idea. And I, I'm not against the this idea of these real life nomads playing fictionalized versions of themselves. I actually think that's pretty cool. I do think it sets up this weird situation where, like, because you don't know what's fact and what's fiction, um, it's almost like you, you, like you kind of start to question the movie's compassion for these people because you just don't really know where the truth uh, ends it or ends or begins. But more so, it's the presence of Francis McDormand that I find so strange. And, and Samir kind of hinted at this by talking about the fact that maybe this would have been better off as a documentary. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think this would have been better off with a cast of complete amateurs or like complete nomads um, and uh, have and no no well-known actors like Frances McDormand or or David Strathern i just like the her very presence yeah they are they are very good i think francis frances mcdormand is fantastic in this but really she's just a kind of a vessel for the audience like she, her character is really just there to kind of nod and listen and offer compassion to these people that are telling her their stories and in that way she's kind of supposed to be like this like medium through which we're supposed to feel that compassion as well but the problem is, is that she's there she's frances mcdormand she's like a wealthy actress and we're aware of that fact and and it just like it kind of creates this weird thing where it's again i start to sort of question this movie's compassion for these people because it wants to tell their stories but at the end of the day it's more interested in this in this non-nomad frances mcdormand who could at any given moment remove herself from these circumstances and even her character can i mean her character is actually has a pretty wealthy family who offers her the opportunity to live with them uh, and she just doesn't take it because she uh, admires the lifestyle which maybe is interesting but it also feels very
0: It's not just admiring the oh
1: No my yeah God, I, I just got
0: nasally. I, okay. It's not just admiring the the lifestyle it's also it's the idea of like she's on the road running away from this like the death of her husband and the loss of all her like her right hometown. and
1: and I and I get that like so like on a human level it is she's a she's a good character but I just feel like the movie Actually, goes. I I read a review. Like this is this is the, necessarily my own thoughts. Like honestly, I, this last part I read on Letterboxd today and it really crystallized some of my thoughts. This movie goes out of its ways a lot to be pretty apolitical. Like when it has the opportunity to make a political statement, I feel like it chooses not to. Like I mean, it, Amazon is is a really like like weirdly like kind of like positive force in this movie. Like I, it's like the only comment made on Amazon the whole time is just that. Like, oh, it's a great paying job. Like, there's, like it, there's no reckoning with the company's influence on on the, the characters in this movie. There's a, there's a crucial surgery that happens in this movie, and there's no mentioning of, of healthcare or anything like that. Like, there were, this movie sets up a lot of opportunities, I think, to have a political discussion, but it's more interested in some of these human elements and just kind of admiring the landscape, which is fine, but it just feels like a huge missed opportunity.
0: Uh, and you're, well, like, I, I disagree think... to a certain extent, though, because I think the movie then just becomes about the politics. And, and this is one of my, like, least favorite things with how film, I guess, like, criticism has turned into where it, it, the movie, it turns less into, you know, the characters, the interesting narrative stories that we're hearing throughout the story, and more about, oh, well, what are the politics of the movie? Like, it doesn't take this, it doesn't take this stance, it doesn't take that well, stance, you, like... You, so, does I that, think the is that really ruin the like, the I, cinematic experience no, 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 for you because' it doesn't I think they're mean. very the cinematic yeah. experience, but what I'll say, I think the crucial thing is that
3: you have to at least establish the connection, saying this is happening because of this, like a is happening because of b well, so if I, you just focus on the human side and like the poverty side, that's okay, but I think you you can have that be the focus, and I think like you said, Sam, that should be the focus because it gets much when movies are overly politicizing but there's an art and there's a skill to you know having the movie convey that oh well companies like Amazon are causing X, Y, and Z so you don't have to but the viewer has to understand that I don't think Nomadland makes that point clear enough and I think it should even though yeah, the I mean, focus still I, should I, be on the human I, I,
2: I want
1: to clarify really quickly that I mean, I, I've enjoyed plenty of movies that I don't agree with their politics. I don't. I don't think politics are the only lens through which you have to uh yeah exactly uh, so. I, I, it's a to uh, critique of film but Nomadland One
0: really wants... American
1: Sniper <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um no I mean like a lot of Nolan <laughs> films are pretty conservative and I I you know I'm still a Nolan stand, but Nomad Land clearly wants to have a political conversation it, it thinks it's having one but I I don't think it is I think it's actually very toothless.
2: Well I don't necessarily think that it the yes it is the what had ha- corporate america obviously has had this impact on uh frances mcdormand's character but i don't necessarily think that the movie was trying to make that political discussion the forefront of the movie for me like this might just be like personal take i think by just having the company of amazon be present in the movie was enough for For me, especially because like exactly. the the what that her her introduction to working at amazon is pretty early on in the movie, I think it's like a one of the first couple scenes, and if you basically uh compare that to the opening paragraph which establishes like this mind shut down because of essentially capitalism. And you have these people that are losing their jobs and all this stuff. And yeah, I I think just like the presence of Amazon was was enough for me because obviously, yeah, go ahead, Sam.
0: Well, and going off of that, like I I agree. And and to me, it's an infinitely stronger political statement to humanize the perspective of people like this to, let's be honest, like what are the majority of people that would watch this film? It's probably going to be, Rich liberals that watch this, and to me, it is is far more important to humanize perspectives like this to the audience than you know. Maybe maybe they should have made a more of. A, I I I'll concede. I think they probably should have made a. So a I think the healthcare statement at, would have been as what, to yeah, Like what I agree what as well. They... But what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say, is that I think showing these perspectives in itself. Is a strong political statement that i think over supersedes the maybe missed chances but, here but what do
1: you make of the fact that it foregrounds if foregrounds ferns Fantasy mcdormand's perspective and not the real perspective like there are much more interesting perspectives in this movie you you mentioned uh swanky and as so there's some of the other characters like there are very interesting perspectives in this movie that i i i agree would support your point except for the fact that this movie decides to foreground the entirely fictional story of, of Fern. I think that's kind of an issue.
0: Well, yeah, I think it definitely is. I don't really have like a perfect answer for that, but I think that she works as a liaison between the audiences and they like, as we say, she's a great listener. Like her, there is to kind of be the liaison between an audience to understand yeah. and humanize and... with these people. Is it, like if you're centering the the experience around i mean this is honestly a fascinating debate about like centering the thing about a actress yeah Yeah. as opposed to like the actual characters because i don't think there is a perfect answer to it but my my take is she was more of a liaison to help the audience understand yeah
2: and i i think too it's interesting i mean we keep saying that like it's similar to a documentary it's very documentary in style and for me, like I don't necessarily know of any other way this story could have been done in the in the way it was done as a narrative. If it if it would have been a documentary, I think it was either it's a documentary or it's not. So like, I agree. yeah. So I I think with what the movie was trying to do, I think having Francis McDormand as like the lia- liaison is 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 fine. Um the, also the thing with Amazon that I was kind of curious about is like obviously Amazon had to agree to have their company in this movie and I can't imagine that Amazon would have been too uh happy to put their movie to put their company in the movie if they were just like shitting on it. Um so I I think that
1: Right. I mean that's kind of the the whole yeah that's that's the, the shitty thing, thing you yeah know? which is like which
2: <laughs> sucks but again like at least it was in the movie so I- i'm sure like if they had if the so, script was we're just gonna like shit on amazon which uh, everyone does then amazon probably wouldn't have been in the movie and have had yeah. that like background presence so the complicated thing that was kind of like my reaction process when watching
3: this movie, um, and maybe you guys felt similarly or I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, is that when I was watching it, um, you know, I, I kind of see these people in, in, this, in this situation. It really sucks that people have to be nomads and they have to lose their jobs and they have to, you know, live scantily. And then I start to get angry thinking about why they're like that. And when I feel this anger, I think at that point, and this is what I was saying earlier, um, I'm not going to say it's the film's job because I don't think, like, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to impose that on any film to do that. Um, but I think that's a moment, that's an emotion that the movie can then capitalize on and direct that towards something while still centering that, um, you know, the real stories that are there. In my letterbox review, I know this is where Corey and I differ. I actually think this movie should be a documentary. Because its strengths are its reality, and I think its weaknesses are when it kind of goes into the fantasy type Francis McDormand territory. This is this was a movie based on a nonfiction work, and it's it's hard to make a narrative feature based on a nonfiction work because you have to add inject all these like different things into it. Um, but you're dealing with literally a snapshot, a photograph of reality, and you are kind you of really convincing to me. to yeah, if you really
0: just because
1: like retain... there, there are a lot of people of empire nevada i felt after watching this movie there were a lot of people where i was like i would love to meet the citizens of empire and learn more about them but instead we get francis mcdormand <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah hey
0: sam quick she question gives for you, a great sam. performance oh my god sam it's she knows she is great me. in it but was was
3: hawaii one of the stops for francis mcdormand uh you said you met her in hawaii well,
0: so funny story about that at the time i was eight years old and i was living inside a van by myself okay. and <laughs> i, was, I was in a bucket in, in hawaii. going around in hawaii in hawaii i i somehow well it's actually funny they they make a joke about driving hawaii when they're in that rv, oh, right, right. In the yeah, RV yeah, yeah. park, bro yeah. my my yeah. my um, fucking
2: f- fire alarm just fell out of my wall holy shit oh god <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> damn it that's Dane! A, we love o- oakland
1: that's inconvenient um,
0: um yeah so like i was saying before Dane interrupted <laughs> me again
2: i really i really like the long take of uh francis mcdormand walking through shitting in the bucket yes dude those sound effects were gnarly <laughs> but
0: uh, wait <laughs> gnarly when,
2: i was like did they have a fucking mic in dude, there or something dude that w- when <laughs> that, if she actually shit in that bucket you give her that Academy Award right now. Like, right now. Right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Supporting actor, uh, Rosamund Pike's vape, and Francis McDormand (laughs) shit. Um, but no, but that, that long take of her walking through the, the park in the first half of the movie, um, I thought was gorgeous. One, because of just the way it was shot in the natural light, but also how the way, the, the way that, uh, the the backdrop the the uh background of a, a lot of the shots kind of just showed activities that the people were doing i know in the in the one shot like they were like doing yoga in the background and then all the like <laughs> oh that was such all, a good all, shot all, like the uh utv is uh, come like coming in I, I i thought i loved that shot yeah,
0: yeah. i was i was a honestly mood. like for, where we all differ on it i was just like Dane, just along for the ride with like watching just Francis McDermott kind of meander around the Badlands. Like I just found that to be a really engaging part. And I think that's a lot due to the cinematography, which is stellar. It might be the best of the year. Um, I I would probably put that on as as the front yeah. runner. It, it, and we haven't talked about it yet, but the score of this movie is so good. And very she subtle. shows yeah, we should yeah, like like we talked last week with Celine Sciamma like amazing restraint by Chloe Zhao throughout this movie. Like it really is only at the most poignant moments does the score come in and I I thought that it just made for a really it, it, this is a tangent, but have you guys seen Paris, Texas?
1: Yeah. Yeah, i seen it. I
3: that think it's, it's an interesting scene. comparison.
0: It's, it, it it reminded me a lot of the
2: first half of of paris texas yeah
0: i could see actually, that. the
2: whole movie in general was so. yeah, i could definitely see Was that. the guy who looked like santa was he and was he an no, actual it's with, nomad it's it's henry dean's
0: what
2: yeah is he? he's the real uh, is he yeah
1: yeah he okay, is because he, i was gonna he, say that that's who he is in real life he really end, doesn't lead that now? kind like, of a nomadic movement what
0: a cool Uh-oh. what a cool dude i know uh, i
3: I guess, well that actually uh, brings up chloe Zhao just really went that uh yeah, the rich liberal audience won't watch this unless we put Francis McDormand in it. That's the what I mean. Like,
0: uh, wait, well, yeah. Do you oh, guys, guys love? Do you guys? How did you guys feel about that final conversation with the Santa-looking guy and Francis McDormand about the whole? I have been. I I guess I spent too much of my life remembering, and then the 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 nomad leader essentially recounting. The loss of his son see um what did you guys make of that that final conversation if
2: that story that he was telling i'm i'm assuming that isn't it is that's a true see that's where i do think like francis mcdormand's character if we're like talking about her being amongst the the nomads i think that's where it uh intersects well because like her character is Having a lot of the same trauma and grief that Wells, I think his last name was, is is going through. So in that way, what her character is experiencing is what at least this Wells guy's was experiencing to some point. Except it's just more written out in terms of screenplay.
1: Yeah, I guess it's just like because I like I agree. Even in that scene and in many scenes, Frances McDormand. You know, is able to really, you know, exhibit this like really awesome sort of compassion that does translate, I think, onto the viewer as well. But it's also like, does Chloe Zhao does not trust us to find that story compelling in and of itself? Does well, she not trust but, us to feel that compassion anyway? Dude,
3: and well, that's what it done, seems I guess people I, gravitated I've, towards the most, right? It was right. Well, natural
0: think, people, right? Well, I think my question, my question would be like, and we don't know because we were not on the set for all of this where where is Francis McDermott acting and where is it just her being right. a that person that's interested yeah. in the story? I agree the
1: movie about. sets up some really because, interesting like existential we, questions
0: i I'm gonna be honest Dane and I are probably the more optimistic than Corey and Samir no. are about the like yeah. the intentions of creators for the most part <laughs> and I think Dane and I seem to be more of like I think that Chloe's out and uh Francis McDermott were just in were also just intrigued as humans about what they have yeah, to say because, but it seems but more what that, I think Corey and Smeer fall. Can I, fall wait, on the can line I say something like, about the the intentions of
1: artists and and all that? Yeah, because I think this is this is funny. and I I, I figured that we'd bring this up at some point. Having a you know, having you know, Dane having just watched the movie, I'm sure one of the scenes that jumped out to you, Dane, was the the marquee with the Avengers. Oh yeah, uh, you know. So oh, yeah. I I was reading <laughs> an interview with Chloe Zhao. And someone asked her what that scene uh, was meant to represent. You know, many people were speculating that it it was kind of a commentary on the blockbuster and how it sort of you know damaged the the, the, only the thing you know the, ind- the yeah exactly and it's how it sort of damaged the theater industry as a whole and and how you know it's looked at well, look what it's done to this small theater blah blah blah. Her, her next cl-
3: movie is the Eternals. Yeah, no, yeah, her next movie For, is the Eternals, which that don't know, I think which is, is interesting an MCU too. Movie.
1: Right, and Chloe Zhao, her answer to that question was, oh, I'm just a huge fan of Marvel and so I wanted to work in a reference. So, I mean, like, <laughs> like when you talk to me about like intentions of artists and, 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 like, and Chloe Zhao's intentions here, I'm not saying they're purely evil. I think she did ma- set out to make a movie that reckons with capitalism in some way. But I don't think she's, again, I think it's a pretty toothless movie. I don't think she's all that interested in having a- any difficult conversations.
3: Yeah, I think and I that... I disagree. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well I was I gonna think say that the...
3: highlights the toothlessness of the movie. Um but yeah, go ahead, Dane.
2: I, I in in the scenes where um the actual nomads are talking, I I will say I do like the uh Chloe Zhao's choice to like let the camera linger on their faces the entire time while they're telling the story. And then the that scene would end with Francis like reacting to it. Um I think like now, thinking back to it, I emotions are. Fil- I was feeling. I just felt like those scenes were incredibly authentic. Obviously, now knowing they very much were. Um. So yeah, I. I mean, I think all those scenes were were very well done. See, yeah, I, I don't think, think she, I don't I'm, think
0: Frances McDermott dominates this movie as maybe we've made it seem to be it. If anything, like I don't. I wouldn't even consider her a lead. Like she is the lead actress because it's about her. But the, the amount of screen time that she's shown isn't, like... Nah, I'm probably bullshitting. She's in every scene. I think whatever.
2: she's in every scene. She's yeah, in, she's like in like every scene. scene. Yeah.
0: yeah um, i never fucking mind. It's okay, Sam. The,
3: the, the perfect movie I that I think Corey's just been riling me that, up. That, like, shows perfectly the horrors or consequences of a political system is Parasite, yeah. right? Where it's, like, they don't mention the political anything in that movie, but the whole time from start to finish, you know that's what this movie is kind of about. But so I think that is like for Nomad Land, um, if you really want this to be about like the horrors of the companies like Amazon and like these big conglomerates and stuff, there's another way to make that clear. You don't have to necessarily like, you know, go on this um Billy Holiday type on the nose, um, you know, whatever. But you can work that in and I actually think that again I'm going to say this like making it as a documentary would have made that more clear because when the when you have the real people from the outset and you don't have any element of fictionalization to it um that just stands in even more stark contrast with everything and it might help that sort of like oh these are the direct consequences of this whatever come through more is what I think
1: but at the end of the day like it's again it's a, it's about Francis McDormand, an actress who can mm-hmm. remove herself from the circumstances of this film at any given time. What better like uh metaphor is there for like what it means to be like a Hollywood elite, like that so called Hollywood elite. Mm-hmm. You're someone who can who at any given moment can partake in this kind of discourse by watching these films and then remove yourself from it when the movie is over. Obviously I, I recognize like you know, we're all very privileged people too, like that's true of us as well. But I just think, like, we have to be a little wary of these kinds of stories and those being the ones that get celebrated over and over and over Parasite being the exception that I'll never understand but I'll always be grateful for
0: well that was an inconvenient truth that Corey <laughs> just said uh, his, his other that's not uh, Michael document Moore.
3: That's, that's not <laughs> yeah I know his other documentarian that's buddies Moore. would be very proud <laughs>
0: god damn it
1: there's gotta be
3: more
0: uh,
1: progressive or le- uh, leftist documentarians you can compare me to than these two motherfuckers nope that
0: is the only two we're going with uh great points from cory that i will not listen to because this movie is great which takes us to our star our star ratings uh let's go with dane first
2: uh, i really like this movie uh it I got the message. It was trying what it was going for. I liked all the acting. It was beautiful. I'm gonna give it a four and a half.
0: I'm in the same boat. I I give this a four and a half stars. I thought this was the third best movie that came out in 2020. Wow! I'm very happy that it's getting all the praise that it is. I think this movie is spectacular.
2: But I'm a
3: crusty curmudgeon but um not crusty enough to not appreciate the technical brilliance that's going on in this movie so i'm gonna give it a three star if this movie wasn't as technically brilliant as it was i think it'd be a two or a two and a half but because of that it's a three
0: jesus christ
1: yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna slide in at, at a three and a half so uh a little a little bit above samir uh that still is actually a bump down from what i initially gave it on Letterbox, so I appreciate you guys helping me crystallize just how much I hated all these movies tonight
0: oh my fucking god but I
1: mean a three and a half is still a good score again I think it's very beautiful uh and it is an enjoyable watch I like the one the, the point that I want to disagree with Smear on the most is that I didn't find it slow I found it very captivating I just oh, take I'm issue with fair. it on a lot of different I'm levels <laughs>
2: Coming from the guy who Let's loves mutual appreciation. clear that both Samir <laughs> and
0: Cory are wrong yeah, know. about both of this. We'll see. So, m-
3: mutual you know, appreciation is filled with talking.
2: Descriptive. No, man no, man, no, man, maybe no, two no. we're not talking about this. <laughs> we're There's not, no words in this We're not talking movie.
0: about this. We're not okay, fucking talking right. about this. We <laughs> did okay. our star rating. So, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know, are there any final points about maybe why award shows are great, why capitalism is great, why <laughs> Nomadland is well, great, wait, like, are well, there no, any final points you guys want to make on this on this pod? It's
3: not it's not necessarily a final point, but I think something that could help to say at the end is why we chose these three movies and, um, the reason, I guess, is that Nomadland is on Hulu right now and it's getting a lot of buzz. I care a lot, getting a lot of buzz on Netflix and, um, getting third oh billy um, holiday getting yeah, no yeah.
0: buzz on hulu <laughs> but still true, dude, know, this we'll,
1: is our rare episode this might be the only episode we've ever done where all three films are immediately available for your consumption on streaming services yeah. so and get out there and watch buzzed. these bad movies
3: yeah i think sam billy holiday might actually be the number one movie on hulu right now if i'm not wrong right i'm sure it, it is, is really? honestly yeah so Dear it is God. getting buzz um it's but, doing better but, and, than and i know this, obviously yeah, and because Nomadland um, got the Golden Globe recognition that sure, surely will be getting more streams. But I think we wanted to choose three movies that, um, you know, for once, most of our listeners uh, will want to see or have seen already um and hopefully it'll after it'll our be ringing endorsements <laughs> yeah yeah <after laughs> for once we'll add relevancy
0: yeah for once we'll be relevant to the general discussion of films we haven't <laughs> tried this ever besides <laughs> yeah, when yeah. we shit on malcolm and marie for one week yeah, yeah and even so... that episode
1: we included a 20 dollar rental that no one else had heard
2: of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 yeah. looking at you and- barb and star Oops. who made an
1: appearance at the golden globes by the way we did. I know, and our uh, our last
2: our episode part. with water lilies where you can't find Find it anywhere, and if you want to watch it, you literally pay ninety dollars.
1: Yeah, you literally have to get a professor at Pitt to download a link for you and send it to your. That is actually so.
0: (laughs) That is so funny that we chose a movie that is impossible to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Even the director can't find it. Also, (laughs) so and then we and then we talked about specific details of the movie as if anyone would have any clue what's happening with our discussion.
2: We just spoiled this irreverent comedy. I I also want to say, guys bold prediction Jim Carrey is getting nominated for best actor in Sonic the Hedgehog No he's not he's not You <laughs> know he's not I mean Maybe. he's not I just wanted to Dane, say Dane I don't know how to I
0: don't know how to, I don't know how to put this I don't know how to put it nicely he's just not Well <laughs> we hated a movie then we hated a movie and then two of us hated the third movie so <laughs> seems like been, we're following a pattern here As you can tell we're yeah, we're we're we are now into March of twenty twenty-one. We're all obviously doing really, really well on a personal note. So that probably represented well in our podcast tonight. Um I just wanna say I missed you guys a lot. I'm glad we got to hang out again. It was a fun time. And uh No best movie of the year. Okay, here we go. Ending the podcast in three, two, one.
1: Thanks for listening, guys. Adios. (laughs)